Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Dimcast Network. I'm Kimberly Johnson, still quarantined in D.C., where it is snowing today. Uh, today, my returning guest is Steph Walton. Woohoo! So we're definitely going to have so much to talk about. There is a lot. And this show is focused on politics because there's so much there's so much going on, and I had to talk about it. But first, I want to say I'm going to make this intro as short as I possibly can. And what else? Uh, this is the last free show of the year. So I want to take this opportunity to say thank you to everybody who is a patron of the show. If you're if you're new to this show, hello, become a patron. I'll talk about that in a second. But this is going to be it. I'm going to do a quick show tomorrow, and that's just going to be the end of the year show. Just, you know, my thoughts on whatever's on my in my head. It's not going to be a long one unless I'm really talkative. <laughs> and then that's it. And I'm not coming back until, let's see, it looks like, I don't know what the date is, but it might be the 4th. I don't know. Whatever. It's going to be the first Monday in January. That's when I'm going to be back and we'll be on a regular schedule. I don't know what is going to be happening next year, but we're going to find out together. So here I go. The Start Me Up podcast is an independent podcast supported by listeners, and it's woman run. I don't have corporate backers, and I don't use advertisers. At least I haven't this year. Patrons keep the show going. So if you enjoy today's show, keep in mind that I've got a page on patreon.com slash startmeup. You go to the about section, you can see what the show is about, what the guests are. Today was Steph Walton, and she and I, for those who, who know, already know, are really good friends. So not every show is a show with my really good friend. But she's on often. She's always on my patrons-only shows. I hope that will continue in the new year, but I guess her job situation will determine what happens with that. But I do my, you know, I do my patrons-only shows. I do my free shows. So today was... I guess kind of slightly different, but not really. Sometimes I interview, you know, people like Glenn Kirshner, a former federal prosecutor. I've interviewed Steve Schmidt, who, by the way, just became a Democrat. Um, I've interviewed actors. I've interviewed all kinds of political pundits, lawyers, people commenting on politics. So basically, just take a look at the front page of the show, the About section at patreon.com slash startmeup, and consider becoming a patron for any dollar amount. But like, let's say you sign up for two bucks a month. You can upgrade later. I do two free shows a week. That's on Mondays and Wednesdays. And then after every free show, I do Kimberly's After Party. That's usually me by myself. Today, Steph joined me. But that's usually me just talking about whatever I feel like talking after the free show. And then I do, let's see, two patrons-only shows per month. If you sign up for $4 or less, you get both free shows, Monday and Wednesday, delivered to your email box, as well as one of those patrons-only shows. If you sign up for $5 or more, you get everything. So you, and everything delivered to your email box, access to everything. So you get the two free shows that I do, plus you get both of the patrons only and all of the Kimberly's after party, which is always after every free show. So again, patreon.com slash start me up. You can also make a one-time donation by checking out the text in the Patreon description. I always include my email address, which you can use with PayPal. And then you can also find start me up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Just get to Apple podcasts. Sometimes you have to go through iTunes. I know I don't know. There was some kind of switcheroo with the names. But anyway, you get to Apple Podcasts. Please become a subscriber. It's free. And then while you're there, please leave me a review, please. And give me a rating. That would be awesome, especially if you like the show. That's what I need. And every time you guys do that, it really helps me. And I notice that when I ask, you do it. So thank you. I appreciate it. And that's just going to be it. I'm real quick today, although I'm just going to add one more thing. And I said this at the beginning of the conversation with Steph. I'm not sure if there's if you can hear a kind of a light. It's almost like a buzzing sound, but it's just picking up something. I don't know what's going on. Bob's going to take a look at the setup during the break. And hopefully by the time I come back in January, there will be no buzz. If you can't hear it, that's great. But if you can, just keep in mind it's temporary. All right. Please enjoy my conversation with Steph Walton. Welcome back to the show, Steph. You are so right about that. <laughs> I don't know what I was saying. You are, welcome back to the show. I'm like, mm, hey, it's great to be back. How's that for a good answer? <laughs> okay. So I've just got to say something up front. 
And I might, I, I, you know, I have not yet recorded my intro, so this might be a repeat. But mm-hmm. there is something going on with the noise. Like I hear zzz or like this buzzing sound, and it might come through uh, for the show. But just mm-hmm. F- FYI, Bob did something. Well, okay, first of all, Bob didn't do anything, and there was this like weird buzzing. And I, I had swapped out my microphone last Friday to do his show, so I, I was using a different microphone when I talked to Bob on Monday. So then he thought, oh, because there was this buzzing. And he's like, oh, it's probably we, we, we forgot to put the microphone back. So he's now put the, the old microphone back, but I'm still hearing that noise. And I don't know what's going on. And maybe nobody else hears it. It's very low. It, you know, our talking is going to basically be able to just keep in mind that Bob and I, well, Bob is going to look this setup over during the holiday break. So hopefully by the time I come back, it won't be here. So FYI. Okay. There. Well, how about this? I can't hear it, but I'm also, I believe, losing my hearing. So who, yeah. I could be just <laughs> oh my God. We have so many things to talk about and we have to get going because you're going to stick around. Ar- yeah. Girl. We're going to, you're going to stick around for the Kimberly's after party and then I don't have to do it by myself. And then that's awesome. So, and that'll be my last, well, I'm going to do a, I'm just going to do a quick patrons only show tomorrow by myself, unless you want to join me, but I know you're probably busy and you don't have to answer right now, but, um, okay. Anyway, so okay. I'm going to be busy making calls for Ossoff and Warnock. Tomorrow. Okay, there like, you go. I'm, I'm, yeah, there you go. Okay, so first of all, Steve Schmidt is a Democrat. <gasps> okay, and so of course, you know, I I think you and I are on similar time schedules, even though you're three hours ahead of me. Like I go to bed early and I get up really early, and so I think it's kind of in sync with the way you roll. Mm-hmm. But oh, I read that first thing this morning, and like you were the first person I think. <laughs> Steve Schmidt is a Democrat. I can't like that might be some of the greatest news we've received all year because I he fascinates me. That yeah, I dude. know. I know. Well, you know, I'm, I'm going to say something about that, that of course, I'm glad, you know, I'm, I'm grateful. But I, I, I'm curious, though, what it's going to mean, because. As much as I'm grateful that's you know, we need fighters. Steve Schmidt is a fighter. Rick Wilson mm-hmm. is a fighter. So we definitely need fighters. Uh, Democrats are not very good. Every, you know, occasionally we're okay at, at fighting back. But the way that the GOP fights is so fucking dirty. And Rick Wilson understands that. And so does Steve Schmidt. And I don't think they're necessarily going to fight dirty. They're going to fight the way they do at the Lincoln project. Right. I mean, at least, mm-hmm. you know, we've seen how they're treating. And, and I just want to say that number one, they're going to, I think it was like, I don't know, Sunday, one of the Lincoln project people said that they were going to be targeting the hundred targeting the 126 Republicans that, you know, are saying this election is bogus in the midterms. So that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be all pro-Democrat, but I mean, they're going against these these Republicans. And now that Steve Schmidt is a Democrat, you know, it, it's it's I, I'm, I think so far it's positive. But the thing mm-hmm. that I'm still going to side eye is, OK, what kind of influence are they going to have on the party and how far right are they going to be? If they're only going to be fiscally conservative and, and socially liberal, I'll go along with that because a lot of... The like, for instance, when GOP GOPers call themselves fiscally conservative, this often means, which this is not what I'm okay with, but it often means that you know the big corporations get all the money and they make themselves rich. But if there's a real, if there's real, because you know the deficit always goes up under uh, under GOP, always it comes back down under always. yeah under Democrats. So. I don't mind being conservative fiscally under certain situations. I mean, you'd have to throw out and go, what about this? What about this? And I'd say, yes, no, yes, no. But never, never, I'm never for, you know, giving the corporations all the breaks and the money. So I don't know where Steve Schmidt's going to go with this. And I don't know where these Lincoln Project people are going to go with this. And I'm hoping that it's positive, but I'm still kind of just watching you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not all like, yay, he's he's a Democrat and everything's beautiful. I, I'm not sure yet. I'm hopeful. And I think that this mm-hmm. is a really positive sign. But I'm, I'm mm-hmm. not 100% ready to trust them yet. That doesn't mean that I hate them or that I'm not, you know, that I have this open animosity toward them. It's not that. It's just like, hmm, how? I feel you. 
you know, what kind of influence are you going to have at our party? How far to the right are you going to? And, and then the other thing is, you know, Steve Schmidt reached out to AOC. Did you see that? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Bob and I talked about that. And I talked about it a bit on, on my after party the other day. So I'm not going to go full blown into it. But I do want to bring something up about her. Um, and, and that was an interesting you know, that was interesting to me that he did that. But now, so I guess she has just come out AOC and said, Pelosi and Schumer have to go. And what? there's all kinds of mixed. A- AOC just said that? Yeah. She's basically the old guard has to go. So um, I'm, I'm so. <sighs> Schumer for. Yeah, you can. I'll, you can get rid of Schumer. I don't. I, he, he doesn't impress me. Pelosi, on the other hand, I, I, I definitely. It's like. Sometimes I think she plays it a little too safe, but then again, I'm not in her position and I don't know what she knows. So it's tough to, it's tough for me to backseat drive her job because I'm a fucking podcaster. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not fucking house speaker. So, you know what I mean? I, 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 and it doesn't mean I think she's perfect and, and it doesn't, you know, it's like just because now does that mean a younger Democrat's going to be better? Not necessarily. She's been there for a long time. She knows what she's doing. And eventually there will be new there. You know, I mean, OK, if she's the House Speaker again, I thought she was only going to do it uh, for one. Was it one term? But either way, if she's the House Speaker and she gets voted in again, that would be four years. I don't know how much longer she's really going to be House Speaker. Like, if, if she gets to be House Speaker as long as she wants to, how how much longer is that really going to be? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. she's, I don't know how old she is, but she's, she's in. in she's, uh, she's almost 80. Yeah. So, I mean, like, does she want to do it anymore after this? Do, you know, I mean, if I were her age, I'd be like, hey, man, retirement looks good. You know what I mean? But then again, she might want to stick around. So, uh, I mean, that's really up for her and the rest of the Democrats to decide. But so, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to feel about what AOC said, because I completely agree that, you know, Chuck Schumer is kind of weak, but I don't see Pelosi as weak. Yeah. I mean, listen, we, I think we, for sure, we, we talk about all this stuff, but we've talked about so much and this has been such an amazing four years, I know. but we've talked about, I'm almost certain that if we take back the Senate, we need somebody like an Elizabeth Warren mm-hmm. at the helm. Yeah. She needs to be the majority leader because we, what, what, what I'm uh, irritated by is, you know, Democrats, you know, and, and people have said this, pundits have said this, politicos have said this, regular people have said this, like the Republicans are mean and they're mm-hmm. out for blood and they're united regardless mm-hmm. of whether they're crazy MAGA people <laughs> or just the, the power hungry, you know, establishment, right? Yeah. They, they stand together and they do whatever it takes mm-hmm. to to you know keep us down it's why we don't have control of the senate it's why mm-hmm. i believe we you know we democrats weren't out knocking doors during this election because mm-hmm. they were respecting the protocols right, yeah. um around COVID and mm-hmm. trying to keep this pandemic under control under control i'm doing air quotes we're, we're not <laughs> right. looking at each other right now right right but the republicans they went out they got sick with COVID, and they and and they took some house seats back you know they didn't lose the ground that we thought Democrats need to start, uh, I don't want to say going for the jugular, but like, listen, this is life or death. Mm -hmm. Our democracy is at stake. We've been saying this for for four years, Mm -hmm. you know, um, so when do we go balls to the wall? Mm -hmm. You know, because because all of us regular folks are sitting over here saying, hey, you know, I didn't I didn't go out and campaign during a pandemic because I was worried about. You know, one person that doesn't like me going up on next door and saying that bitch knocked on my door. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I get it. I understand the fear. Yeah. 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 But but we can't be afraid anymore because us being afraid. Right. No, we can't do that. People like Donald Trump Mm -hmm. getting elected. Yeah, exactly. And we, you know, dare I say we narrowly escaped. I mean, this freaking electoral college. Yeah. Bullshit. 60, it was like, you know, I think it was 65,000. So that, like, he, he won the popular vote. Biden won the popular vote by 7 million. But because of the way the Electoral College is designed, if, I think if, if he, if Trump would have gotten 65,000 more for the Electoral College, he would have won. So Biden still could have won by like 7 million votes, but lost the Electoral College because of 65,000 votes. Ugh, mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm, a frightening right. thought. 
Right. Well, right. and yeah, right. I mean, I, I totally agree with you. And it's like, we can never, Democrats can never go dirty the way the GOP has, because if we do, then we all lose. We all lose. So I didn't say go dirty. No, I know you didn't, but I'm just, I'm just mm. putting it out there. It's like, because they go so dirty, yeah, we do need to go for the jugular. As long as it's on the, you know, I mean, and, and, and I'll say like dirty, meaning like, A, we can't cheat, no cheating. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't think we should lie. But I also don't think that we should pull punches. If there's a punch, fucking punch. If, mm-hmm. you know, and, and don't worry about how it makes us look. I don't mm-hmm. care. Go for the go for the same kind of shit that the GOP will go for against a Democratic candidate. Uh, look what mm-hmm. they're doing to Hunt, Hunter Biden, who's not even a candidate. So it's like if there's some dirty shit in that person's life where normally the Democrats were like, we're not going to go there. Go there. As long as it's not cheating, as long as it's not lying. But you know what? Go ahead and shame. Go ahead and embarrass. You know, pull out. all Call those it out. Guys. Yeah. Call it out. Call yeah, it out. Absolutely. Um, it, it, it's the the Republican Party is falling apart. It really is. And, you know, I mean, did you see on Saturday there was those MAGA rallies and they were all chanting destroy the GOP. Oh, my God. Say it louder. (laughs) And that's what fucking Lindsey Graham tweeted that in 2016. If we nominate Trump, he's going to destroy the party. Okay. He knew. Yeah. And now look at him falling in line. Yeah. And then, of course, did you see, I I talked to Bob about this, but did you see those fucking guys wearing those Scottish stupid skirts with fuck Antifa on their butts? Did you, did you zero uh, in on the, on the graphic (laughs) on their t-shirts? No, what was it? Oh, God. Okay, hold, please. (laughs) I I, want to quote it correctly. Um, It's so hateful. And okay, so here's one of the guys in a kilt. It says Proud Boys. And I don't know if this is a picture of Hitler. The mustache doesn't look right. I don't know who this is. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a guy. It, uh, no, it's not Hitler. Uh, yeah, because the mustache is more of a handlebar style. But it's a muscular guy like flexing. Uh-huh. It says Proud Boys. And then underneath it says Drink, Fight, Fuck. Ew. And I'm looking at the person who's wearing this shirt going, I would, like, First of all, that last thing, like, I just don't, I don't know who's engaging in that act with somebody like this, but, um, they are the most atrocious mm-hmm. people beating up. Did you see them beating up that couple? Yes. yes. The And then the woman jumping in and mm-hmm. grabbing the lady by the hair. I mean, these people, uh, why are they not in jail? Oh, oh yeah. so they got pepper sprayed. Finally, they desecrated black churches. I know. Like, excuse me. I know. You know, black people and Latinos, they know better. Mm-hmm. Because know. they die when I they know. when they engage in behavior like exactly. that. Exactly. And we saw not that, this. Not that, they, not that that's something that people want to do. These guys know they can get away with it with their gross, dimply, cheesy buns uh, on display underneath these kilts. Like, I swear. To, and they look like um, Cher from... Uh, <laughs> from clueless in this yes, yellow they do. And, and black yes, check. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my god. Well, I mean just, I, I yeah. you know the, these people are so fucked up and and this is, you know, I mean I think that the party is destroying itself and it'll be interesting to see where things go when Trump is gone. Because did you see that story about Mar-a-Lago? No. Basically in 19, and I don't know the details, but I know in 1993 Trump signed some kind of legal document. He's not supposed to live there because it is a an event thing. It's it's not a residence. So now people are saying, okay, once you leave the White House, you can't come back and live in Mar-a-Lago. You signed this thing in '93. So I don't know what's going to happen. I know that he changed his residence over. I don't get it. I, 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 he signed something in 1993 saying he can't live in Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, because it's not a residence. It's like a it's a country club or it's. Oh, got it, got it, got yeah. it. Okay, sure. Okay. So <laughs> so now the people in Florida who live near Mar-a-Lago are saying he's not allowed to live there. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what's going to come from it, but I just think it's funny, and I think it's good because I think, oh my God, we are. One of the things that, I mean, I'm going to just be pushing and pushing and pushing, although I think Letitia James is fully fucking on it. 
I'm glad but, I was just, I was like licking my chops ready <laughs> to say her name. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, we have to make sure like we, the people mm-hmm. have to make sure that Democrats, Joe Biden, and everyone understands we want every one of these people held accountable. I don't think every one of them will be held, but I mean, for sure the Trump family stands Mary Trump. And then, um, you know, she's, she's one of my top 10 right, she's awesome. But it's like, you know, people like Stephen Miller or any of these people in, in the administration who have been horrible, plus the Trump children, and all of them need to have, they had to, there's got to be accountability. I don't think mm-hmm. we're going to be able to grow as a nation or move on as a nation. We can't bury the shit under the carpet and pretend no, like this no, no, is no, a no, normal no. administration that we, we're just going to say, let bygones be guy, bygones. It, we have to we have to move on them. But, you know, my mom is convinced that, you know, NYAG is or some, you know, whether it's Letitia or one somebody in New York is just waiting for like 12.01 p.m. on on Inauguration Day to indict him. <laughs> I hope that that's the case. I really, truly do, because he would be a flight risk. And, you know, I mean, who knows what's going to happen before that. But still, I hope that what that, that there are charges brought against him at fucking 1201 or at least when the inauguration is over. And, you know, and, and you know, Letitia James <laughs> is not playing. No, 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 she is and not. She, she knows, never plays. She's patient. She's brilliant. She's measured. She's doing the homework. Yeah. Um. And it, like, this is giving me life. I know. I know. I know. God. But you it's know, it's giving me life because I, I, they've been, and, and, you know, I, I don't even know where to begin. Like I'm interrupting myself before I can even get it out. Cause I don't <laughs> I know. know which Trump child I want to rail on first, but you know, three years ago, my, my, my girlfriend and I drove down to Fresno when Ivanka came to do, um, a luncheon with Kevin McCarthy in Devin Nunez's district. Hmm. Okay. And we were out there protesting. Like we felt it was worth it to Mm -hmm. go out and stand with signs that said things like, you know, prison, it's what's for dinner. Some of them were playing. (laughs) Um, Others said things like, you know, keep families together. Uh, That was the, I screamed, Ivanka, you're complicit on a bullhorn and peed my pants. You know, I mean, like I just, (laughs) we, we were just a little bit, Um, but you know, (laughs) these folks, the the fact that she sauntered in Mm -hmm. while children were, were being caged and separated at our border and says nothing as a mother. I mean, as a human being alone, right. like you take it one step further. It's like as a mother to yeah. small children, yeah. like how can you sit by like, who doesn't pull their dad to the side and go, dad, this is inhumane. Exactly. Yeah. Not only is it a bad look, right? Because of course that would, that's what comes into play with these people. I know, but this is, this is inhumane. This you're ruining lives for generations. Like these children are beyond. And then you know we thought that was as low as they could go. But but it was just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, just kept going. And so I want them not just to like, but then they're also criminals on top of it. And so Mm -hmm. pay for your crimes. Yeah. Like I I have to I have to abide by the law. You have to abide by the law. We have to file our taxes. We have to pay our taxes. We have to, you know, um, operate our businesses above board. We can't physically abuse people. And uh, that is criminal. And and, and walk through and, and, you know, um, cheat our way Mm -hmm. to $82 million in in a year in earnings. Yeah. I mean, the, the list just goes on and on and on. And then Don Jr., I'm sorry, is he? Is he on drugs? I mean, I, I, I speak from experience and I, I look at him and he's just weird, but like he's now graduated from just kind of a loud, obnoxious person to somebody who has an affect to his voice like yeah. this 
it's almost like a cartoony voice. It's I, Thir- I Thurston Howell. Even... It's Thurston, Thurston Howell. Thurston Howell. Thurston Howell. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Exactly. He does. Who does this? He, you know, I have to say, though, just a shout out to Mikey Day on Saturday Night Live who plays him. Of the, when it's, I don't, have you ever seen those sketches with the two brothers? Oh my God, they are so. Mikey Day, I fucking love him. Yes, he's always wanting to taste everything, no matter what it is. <laughs> and then he always pretends he's saying what his brother. But Mikey Day does such a good job because he does have that kind of Todd from Stodd voice. And he, you know, right. it's, it's like, oh my God, it's so funny. But you know what? I have to interrupt because. It is snowing so fucking hard outside, but the flakes are huge. And I, I, I took a video to send to you. So I did send it to you on your phone. But there, it oh, doesn't, I saw it. it doesn't, and I like the commentary. It doesn't pick up the uh, – it just really doesn't pick up the flakes. The flakes are gigantic. I, and I've got to mm. say, I am loving this because we're supposed to be having an El Nino winter, which means it's going to be warmer. Last fucking winter, we barely had any snow at all. It was like – I think it snowed one day and then and it never it never uh, stuck. You know, it was got the snow was gone the following day from on the ground. And then I guess it snowed once or twice at night. So I didn't get to enjoy it. And then it was done. And that was it. And I mean, I'm feeling like I don't have to drive in this. And I want it to fucking snow because it's like, I love this time of year. I know Bob always wakes up and he goes, another beautiful day. <laughs> because it's like, <laughs> and I'm like, woohoo! <laughs> I'm just like, it's cold and I love it. And, and it's like, we're constantly fighting over the fucking thermostat. It's so funny. And, um, but it's the, today is pretty, I mean, he does like the snow because he's like, the snow's the best part of it, except for when you have to drive in it, which of course I did this morning because Bob had his battery replaced in his car. But it was just a hop, skip, and a jump. You know, it's the car repair place, which is not too far. So, uh, but it was, it's so pretty. I love it. So I'm just sitting here looking out of the window while the snow is coming down. But I do want to talk about switching the subject. So my brother has COVID. And um, here's the deal with this. He he was, I think he started feeling the symptoms on Sunday. And he got a fever. He doesn't have sense of smell, no sense of, no taste. Uh, that, you know, he, he got, whatever test he got is not the rapid test. So it takes five days. He's convinced he has it. I know he has it. He, his fever last, as of last night was 101. And I spoke to him briefly and he, you know, he's got the cough. I could hear he sounded sick. He said that basically he's just, he's got that fever and he's tired and he's got a headache. So... I mean, I'm so scared. The thing that's really freaking me out about this, I mean, I know that there's most people recover. We don't know what the long-term effects will be. Most people recover, so there's that is on his side. He's fairly healthy. I mean, he's going to be 40 in March. And, you know, he, he eats pretty healthy. He doesn't smoke. He, he exercises pretty regularly. So I'm hoping, but it's like, we nobody knows how this is going to go and all i keep thinking about is my dad i mean my dad survived mm-hmm. vietnam and vietnam tortures him not to the point where he can't enjoy his life because my dad has enjoyed his life but he is tortured by that experience as a young man practically teenager going to war and you know in my heart or in my father has a good good heart he, he really does. He's a caring, loving man. Like anybody else, there are flaws. I have flaws. He has flaws. But, you know, he, he, he's a good man. And if something happens to my brother, he'll never recover. He'll, he'll never, ever, he'll never have a happy day. And it's like, I just, it's so scary to me. And, you know, the only thing I'll say is I'm, I'm more careful than probably most people in the United States. I'm more careful than my brother. Uh, I know that they've taken precautions, but I also know that his wife works and he works. Mm -hmm. He gets to work from home most of the time, but, you know, he still has to go in to his office from time to time. He still has to, uh, you know, do things that require him being around other people. And then his wife works in I don't I know she lost her job at the start I think she worked at Brooks Brothers but she lost her job 
at the start of COVID just because everything was closed and everything. And then I guess they just didn't carry on that position. So now she's going and working again. It's with the public. She's selling something. I don't, I don't know. It might be those blinds or kitchen stuff. I don't know what it is, but so the deal is now she has a son from a prior relationship. I don't know if she was married, but he's an adult and he's married. So her son, I don't want to say names, but I'll just say her son is married and her son and, and her son's wife and, and his wife, they had COVID because they also work like her son works at a restaurant as a waiter and his wife works, I believe, at like FedEx or something. So one of them got it and then they both got it and then they recovered. So, you know, m- the concern is my brother has obviously exposed his wife and his six year old daughter mm. and uh, and then the the uh son and daughter of my sister-in-law they have to work so what happens if my sister-in-law gets covid who's going to take care of my niece because my niece has been exposed to covid i don't want it to be my my father and stepmother but i don't have any yeah. control over this and you know and it's no. like the the other the young couple they don't have fucking money they have to work so I'm yeah. terrified about what's happening. You can't fucking quarantine a six-year-old. So you can't just be like, stay in the basement and don't come out for a week. Here's some food. I mean, uh, what we'll the throw fuck? It down. Yeah, like what the fuck? And it's like, it makes me, I'm so angry at Donald Trump. And then of course, you know, I, I, I'm posting about it on Twitter and and I'm doing it just because it's, it's, it's frustrating for me. And it's like, yeah, another person has COVID. And of course- all these people are, are commenting and they're either saying that my mother had it, my father had it, you know, and then what they do, and they're very sweet to do this, but they're offering advice on what, you know, he should be. T- I don't have any control over what he's doing. I know that my stepmother went over there to their house last night and she left at the door some chicken soup and things like that. And I know my father's been talking to him, you know, drink Gatorade, do take your vitamin D and all this stuff. But I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. You know, I talked to him briefly last night, like I said, and I, I reiterated, <laughs> I'm like, drink your fucking Gatorade, take your vitamin D, take zinc. And is he doing it? I don't know. I don't know. He's, no, you, you, you just, you just got to pray. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, you know, I mean, again, the odds are with him. Um, but at the same time, you know, I mean, there was some dude, some guy, uh, who was it? It's somebody in the Senate or in, in Congress that's on a fucking ventilator. He's older. And I don't know, I don't know if he's obese because sometimes, no, well, he's, it's, it says, uh, Republican Tennessee rep David Byrd on an ICU ventilator, uh, Byrd and GOP colleagues didn't wear masks, hosted large parties and declared the media sensationalized. So he's, I don't know how old he is. He looks older than my brother, but he's on a fucking ventilator, you know? And it's like, I don't know what's going to happen. And right now it's the early stages and they're saying that like day five to seven, that's what you got to look out for. And then, and then, did you hear this? Even though they're saying it's unrelated, four people who did the trial, the Pfizer trial for the vaccine, got Bell's palsy. But they're saying it's not because of the uh, vaccine. Because I guess one person got it within three days. Another person got it with like within 30 days. Someone else got it in like 40 some days and then I guess it cleared up pretty quickly compared to, I don't know, like, cause I know somebody who actually had Bell's palsy and it was at least six months where, you know, his face was kind of sagging on the side, but the people that were in this, who were getting the vaccines, who got it, it cleared up a lot faster, mm-hmm. but it's like. So they're thinking they're thinking that because it was it was so it wasn't like they all got it within the same time frame that would have maybe pointed to the vaccine. So they're thinking that it's likely not caused from the vaccine. But it's like and this was the Pfizer one. So there's also the Moderna one. But it's like, oh, my God, I don't want to get fucking. Hey, listen. Um, uh, (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to just say this was, you know, we have the best scientific minds working to try to save us from extinction. Yeah. Um, 
I know. I, I know that some people got, you know, high fevers and flu-like symptoms. I don't care about and, that. I'll take that. It's just the Bell's palsy thing, man. That well, would be scary. It, it, let's let's find out if that's related. Right. Let's, let's just see. Well, like I said, I, they I, don't think it is. Right. So, so I'm I'm hopeful I'm that it's that not. Thing. And I don't. Give yeah, I'm one. taking it too. Give me, and, the, give me two. <laughs> and I and I, if I got a fever for a couple of days, so yeah. Be so it. what? I don't you care about I a wanna, fever. I want to see my mom. I know. I want to. I want to hug people. Mm-hmm. I want to watch people who are struggling get back to work because our government isn't coming to the rescue. Yeah. With relief checks or survival checks, as they're being called. Right. We have a we have a, a wannabe dictator mm-hmm. who has ruined this this country temporarily and the work that it's going to take to get it back listen there's a vaccine out there we will you know people will slowly but surely be getting it and we're gonna but it's gonna be a shit ton of work to to get back to normal i just pray that you know we we take back the senate we start cutting checks for people you know initially there were some brilliant women who are, are from oakland who um Amy Allison and, and Natalie Foster, who had written an article for, I think, Ms. Magazine back in March at the beginning of the of the pandemic, saying every adult needs two grand a month. And if you have oh, a kid, yeah, then it's a yeah. thousand per kid. Right. And we need to be able to keep people housed and surviving. And 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 when people have money, then they give back to their communities because they spend that money to stay, to keep the, their families fed, to keep gas in their car, to, you know, whatever, whatever it needs to, you know, um, to keep the, the economy going. And here we are and we're begging for 1200 per person. Mm-hmm. And Mitch McConnell's sitting there, I know. uh, not signing it. And meanwhile, rent is due next month mm-hmm. in many, in many places. Mm-hmm. Um, and what does that mean for our unhoused population yeah, across know. the country? What does that mean to children who are, are whose family are, are barely getting by, yeah. who have very few resources? Yeah. I can tell you what happens. Those kids are getting left behind. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and, and all of this is on the Republican Party and the enablers who are allowing mm-hmm. this pile of caca to go on and wreck. I mean, he's wreaking as much havoc as he possibly can and just doing damage day in mm-hmm. and day out because he's a spoiled brat. Yeah. And because and because people like Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham and Ted Cruz mm-hmm. and Marco Rubio and all these other assholes who just want to remain in power. Well, guess what? Your time will come because when you go to seek reelection and the Republican Party has fallen apart and all that's left is Trump's MAGA vase. Yeah. You lose. Well, you he, lose. Be, yeah, sorry. I've that done, was like a 14. No, no, no. That, but I, I was just I apologize. I'm don't so, apologize. I just uh, wanted to throw in that Trump is taking PAC money. To, I don't even know if I already said this because I can't remember. But he's taking the PAC money. Yeah, I think I just did say this, that um, that for, for, for Georgia and he's keeping it. He's not giving it to the candidates. Did I say that? But he but, you know, I mean, I, you the, didn't say it. OK, when, OK. Like he. he so, he's yeah. not gonna give it. He's keeping it for himself. Yes, yeah, so he's keeping the PAC money or whatever the money they're getting for Georgia. He's not giving it to Lawfleur or Purdue. He's keeping it for himself. And it's so typical. You know, you've got I, I I'm very hopeful. My again, my mother, and I just want to throw in there that I remember it was before Trump lost, I don't know, maybe two months. My mom said all of a sudden, and I remember a couple people on Twitter expressing this exact same sentiment that they just got this overwhelming, it's going to be okay. He's going to lose. They just felt calm. And I mean, of course they were like, still like, uh Oh, but there was this inner kind of like, don't worry, it's going to be okay. And so she, not that she got this feeling this time, but I was talking to her this morning and she was saying she feels that Democrats have a really good chance at winning both, both Ossoff and Warnock. So, I'm hoping, you know, I, I, that wasn't a feeling that she had. But you know what? I had a dream. Now, I don't know <laughs> what I to make. I don't know what to make of this. But the other night I was dreaming that it was like a meme. Like I saw a meme. So it was a picture of Stacey Abrams. And then there was that, you know, blue kind of um, sheer how, how they do that where you have a yeah, picture yeah, yeah, in the background. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, covered in blue. Like little, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then there were some. I don't know what you call it, but I know what you mean. Right, like the sheer thing, so you could see what was behind it. And then there were words, 
and I couldn't read the words, but I knew that it was like a meme. And then I just heard, I don't know whose voice it wasn't. It wasn't Stacey Abrams, but Stacey Abrams was on the meme, but it was like, don't worry, Kimberly, everything's going to be okay. And it was, Mm -hmm. you know, it, it, in my dream, it, it meant Georgia because it was mm-hmm. Stacey Abrams. And um, mm-hmm. so that's that's what I, you know, I mean, for whatever that's worth. I mean, I, I had that one prescient dream about the geo, that the elephant head dying in my living room, which I still think means that the GOP is dying and we have a big mess to clean up because it is in our living room. And I think that was mm-hmm. a prescient dream back in, I don't know, I, I think it was early 2015 uh, before Trump was even on the, you know, we didn't know yet about him running. So... I didn't know that Trump was going to be running. So I think that was even before I met Bob that I had that dream. So, but it was so clear that I could, I I mean, I can still to this day see because it was so colorful and so vivid, but that, you know, I'm, I'm hoping. So I do think that, you know, I mean, normally I don't have those kinds of dreams where I see the future or anything like that, but I did that one time. And then I just had this dream the other night. Now, is it a hopeful dream? Maybe it's just a hopeful dream. I don't know. But I'm kind of hoping that it was a psychic dream. <laughs> I, I, I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take it too. And I mean, it's just, it's fucking like, what are we, uh, I, I, I feel like if we win Georgia with the Senate, I think that this country's going to, you know, I think I, I, whether or not we win Georgia, I do think once Trump is gone, he's, his, the energy that he has right now is going to dissipate. He's still going to have a base. He's still going to have a cult following and they're always going to be behind him. But uh, but the party is going to fall apart. You've got people like Steve Schmidt saying that they're Democrats, you know, changing over to Democrats. How long is it going to take Rick Wilson? Is he going to do it? You know, are, are, are there going to be other prominent, you know, former Republicans turned independents turning to Democrat? You know, are they going to become Democrats? Because another... Uh, Sherry Jacobus has been on the show. She used to be, I mean, she was never a hardcore uh, Republican. She was very middle of the road, but uh, so much so that she could have been a middle of the road Democrat, like a, you know, a, uh, a little bit to the right Democrat. But I think that, I think Trump is, and, and, and that whole movement is going to lose steam. And the more wins we have, whether it's, you know, putting somebody in jail or whatever, the more that we win, the people, the Democrats, all of it, the, like, I, I, I think it's going to take away from him even more. And I don't think mm-hmm. he's going to be, you know, he wants to tell himself he's running in 24. He wants to tell him, <laughs> you, know, joke. you know, and he wants to Come tell on. himself he's going to have this whole network and maybe he will have a network, but he's just not going to have the same kind of energy and the same kind of hold over people that he did. And I know that they're setting, you know, nobody in the Republican party who's saying that this was a fraudulent election really believes that they're doing it to discredit Biden and Mm -hmm. that will serve them. uh, Not so much because they are Trump loyalists, but it's going to serve them you know, at least that's how they're seeing it, that if they can discredit or, or, or make Joe Biden seem as if he's an illegitimate president, that it will help them with whatever their personal agendas are moving forward. Yeah. So again, it's not loyalty. It's always about the personal agenda with yeah. these people. Yeah. It's just, you know? it's too, um, I don't know. We're in this like fucking holding pattern right now. And every day is different. Like some of the days are good. Some days it's like, yay, this happened. And then other days it's just, it's like a, it's a crushing blow. Yeah. 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 Well, let me just let, let, let's go to the positivity that okay. um, is the combination of Ossoff and Warnock. Yes. And then individually how stellar both of these candidates are. Yeah, I know. I really love um, Ossoff. I mean, I love both of them, but I love, I love the way, them both. Yeah, I, I, they're just they're, and, they impress me. Mm-hmm. L- listening, I mean, Ossoff's got that. He's got that that thing. Yes, you know he does. that that charismatic. By the mm-hmm. way, he's thirty three. Wow, wow. Did you know that? No, I didn't. So I go into these little obsessive modes where I. 
I like to research my people <laughs> just cause I like, I like information and I like to know about people. And like, I, I'm a, like, I love IMDB, you know, mm-hmm. if I'm watching a movie, I want to know like, who's in it, who, what, who are they? I go down to the, did you know section where it talks about all, you know, like uh, little, little tidbits on people's lives and stuff and, and their upbringing and all that. And so I looked up, um, Raphael Warnock and he's, um, he's one day younger than my brother. So he's 51. Wow. God, he's younger um, than me. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. His so birthday is July 23rd, 1969. Wow. My brother, July 22nd, 1969. Wow. Um, it, but you know, he's, he's a very, um, his, his story is just amazing. Mm-hmm. Like he knew that he was meant to be a reverend hmm. and, you know, had very supportive parents and, um, he's a very highly educated man. Um, I mean, just listening to him speak, he's so down to earth and he's so just, um, uh, he, he's, he's very welcoming. Like, like not that I've ever had a conversation with him, but right. I love listening to him speak. Yeah. They both have great, like there's something about their voices that it's just like, it's a massage on your brain. Excuse well, me. They're just massage smart your, and they're, yeah. and they're, they have conviction and they're coming from the right place. Like I, I feel a sense of like, these guys are in this because they truly care about people mm-hmm. and they want, mm-hmm. you know, they want everybody to, 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 to have a, a, a chance at, um, prospering. Yeah. And, and, you know, anyway, I just, I, I'm so stoked on these two. And then there's yeah. Ossoff. So then I, I, I went to the, the Ossoff. I went down that rabbit hole and, um, he's 33. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, he's got years and years ahead of him. That means he's three years older than AOC. Like these yeah. folks are going to be around for right. a long yeah. time. Yeah. And Beto too. Okay. I don't know how old is Beto. Is he like in his forties? Beto's in his forties. Yeah. The Castro brothers are, um, I think they're like nine years younger than me. So they're probably 46 or mm-hmm. something like that. I should know that. So like, we've got this great, you, you know, this, there's a, there's a group of young committed, amazing people. I own a Presley. Yes. You know, I love her. Um, uh, you know, Jamie Harrison, he mm-hmm. ain't going anywhere. Right. And um, Stacey Abrams. And Stacey Abrams. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I just, I feel like this is our moment and yeah. we better yes. take it yeah. and crush it because this is, this is not over. Mm-hmm. Like our new, our new MO is always going to be, you know, we have to fight for our lives mm-hmm. because I think this, if anything, we've learned that our, our democracy is very, um, it's precarious at this moment. And, you know, if it, it, we just, we just got to get rid of the Mitch McConnell's mm-hmm. take their power. Yeah. You and know? you know what? I, honestly, I feel like, uh, as far as with, with, with AOC, <clears throat> I know this is going to piss off a lot of Democrats, you know, that she is saying that we need new leadership. What I will say about people like AOC is that I, I believe it's important to have, I don't consider her a far left Democrat. I, I, I mean, or uh, I would say progressive. I think she's obviously she's more to the left, maybe than Nancy Pelosi. But I feel like it's really important to have these kinds of voices. Like before everybody gets so upset with her and, and you know, it's not like she's just going to make the decision that Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi are out. AOC doesn't get to decide that. She's just throwing mm-hmm. out her opinion. And I and and I think that like for instance we've got we've got a lot of people in the Democratic because it's such a big tent you know there's always going to be disagreements among you know the Democratic voters and the party and all of that so that's natural it's it's upsetting when you see it and all that but it's still it's natural we we have different ideas even though we have the same goal we have different ideas about how to get there and so there's gonna let's say like there's Steve Schmidt on one end. There's AOC on another end and you've got mm-hmm. Steve Schmidt saying, Hey, I want it to come this way, which is going to piss off a lot of all in the middle, depending on where you sit in, in between AOC and Steve Schmidt, you know, Steve Schmidt's going to piss off a certain number. AOC is going to piss off a certain number. But the thing is, is as much as, you know, and I not, I, I'm more of a Bernie fan now because I, you know, I, I don't have to worry about, him, I, I was not supporting him, obviously, for, for president this time around. But 
and I wasn't sure what to think about him. But now I like because he pushes the party. And, yeah. and I see people getting so wrapped up and it's like they, they get so defensive as if they shouldn't be pushing the party. The, the reason the Democratic Party is what it is is because of people like Bernie and AOC pushing. They don't mm-hmm. just snap their fingers and decide it's going to be different. They are st- And everything they are standing up for is f- everything we need. You know, mm-hmm. AOC wants higher minimum wage. I mean, I saw that the... People's Party had, I guess, tagged her because they were saying you shouldn't vote for Nancy Pelosi unless she supports Medicare for all. And so basically Mm -hmm. AOC came on that thread and answered it and said, well, if you do that, basically you're throwing out your threat and then you have nothing if you lose. And she's like, I'd rather fight for, you know, have the power to fight for minimum wage. If Republicans went, I can't do that. So hers, I mean, I don't know how she's going to vote. But I just feel like no matter what, she's pushing for the things that we all want. And she's only been there for fucking two years. So she ha- and she's been there in a time where Republicans have had, you know, Senate, whatever she could do, it's not going to, if she's going to draft legislation or sign on to it, it's not going to pass through the Senate. So everybody who's screaming she hasn't done anything, she's still fucking new. She needs time mm-hmm to to grow and i want people in the democratic party to hold other democratic uh elected officials to their feet to the fire because Mm -hmm. that's how it that's how we help people you know what i mean it's like that's that's the way we do it so i don't get so angry i mean i may say disagree with steve schmidt right and say no 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 but it's the idea that the people in the party are fighting to make the party as good as it can be, as efficient as it can be, and, you know, as equitable as it can be. And that is the point. And so it's like just because one person has an opinion or even a group of people have an opinion about how the party should go, it doesn't mean they've got a magic wand and they could just change it and go against what's happening right now. It's always time. But, you know, Bernie Sanders' run in 2016 pushed the party to the left, which is a good thing for the people. It's better health care. It's better. It's better minimum wage. It's all the things that we're looking for. So and, mm-hmm. you know, the, and, and let's not forget that the Democratic Party does have its issues. Yes, we do have to answer to big donors because that's the way the fucking system is set up now. We need to change that system. But it's not the fault of Democrats that they have to take big money. They have to. If they're going to fight against Republicans, they have to take money from, you know, from corporations or whatever it is. And to a degree, they have to answer to them. But, you know, like Barack Obama took money from Wall Street and then he 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 did certain things that were not so favorable to Wall Street. So, I mean, I think that you've got to fight with what you, you know, with what's available and you don't go into a gunfight with a fucking butter knife. You have to you have to go in there prepared to win. But once you win, mm-hmm. then you change those laws and you make it more fair. So, I mean, I, I just look at somebody like AOC and I feel like she is our future, not her alone, but Ayanna Presley, all the people, Katie Porter, who I fucking love and I like bow to oh. and I just love her so much. I love her so much. She's so good. Yeah, she's like, to me, she's my absolute favorite one. But I mean, that's all of these people and they are the future of our party and they do, they... Sometimes it's uncomfortable, but don't turn them into an enemy. You can disagree with them and you can say, I don't like that AOC is calling for Nancy Pelosi, you know, not to resign, but just basically we need new leadership. Let her say it because it's just her opinion and that's it. And she's allowed to have that opinion. And, you know, maybe she's looking at some of those things that's happening behind the scenes that we don't see and she's not fond of it. And she just wants, she wants it to be more equitable. Just, you know, it's sometimes it's uncomfortable, but it's not this personal attack. And she doesn't make all the rules. So I'm just throwing, so I'll just stop saying that now. <laughs> You're not the boss of me. <laughs> exactly. I just, you know, I mean, I worry about our party. I worry about the infighting. And, you know, it's like I, I took a long time to make my mind up about her. And I decided that, all right, you know, she kept her mouth shut during the general election. She didn't slam anybody. She did come out the day after it was declared that Biden was the winner she had issues that she wanted to bring up and and she i think one of them was that the people who were really doing the most to get democrats elected weren't getting the credit they deserved and so you know and then i saw all the worried democrats telling her to shut up and it's like she waited until after the election 
<laughs> she waited till it was safe. And that's when you do it. You bring it up when it's safe. When you're not, you know, when it's not coming across as infighting right before an election. Right. Let's get all this shit out of the way now. And then, right. you know, when it comes to, back to, you know, uh, election time, y- you worry about getting, ele- you know, the Democrats elected. And then you can criticize. We have to criticize ourselves. It's extremely important because if we don't, we'll just allow the GOP to make the rules. And it'll keep right. going in that direction because the country likes to lean right. They just do. Whether it's you know the it's like every Trump gets all the fucking breaks on 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 cable news. He he uh. he's popular, so he gets ratings. And it's like you got your Chuck Todds and all those people who are always both sidesing it and everything. So it's like I'm fine with with people like AOC screaming because yeah. it does make a difference and it always benefits us. And yep. so anyway, I just, you know, I mean, I, I'm concerned for our, our country. I don't know where we're going to go, but I, I'm hopeful, but I don't know. You yeah. know, I still get my fears. <laughs> well, yeah. Cause we've been, we, we're, we've been we're abused. suffering. We had it pretty darn good for a while, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. even when it was terrible, mm-hmm. but you know, and I say we, but like, you know, Bush really fucked things up for, for folks, you know, I mean, there have been we need to we need to operate from a place where like p- poverty is racist mm-hmm. okay yes and and the the system is designed uh, not for for people of color and for for the disabled and for mm-hmm. uh, for people who yeah. are poor and and we need to change that so this is going to be uncomfortable and it's going to take people like you know the AOCs of the world continuing to push and 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 bernie you know pushing for a 15 dollar minimum wage mm-hmm. come on i know i know <laughs> it really should be 25 dollars pushing for pushing for for healthcare as a as a right yeah. and not a privilege yeah when when the people who are out there making sure that we have food in our refrigerators mm-hmm. and in our cupboards are living many of them below the poverty line and putting their lives in in, in danger and at risk every day and we're not looking after our society mm-hmm. isn't looking after those those people who yeah. are integral to us to everybody yeah. thriving it's fucked up yeah it is and we it's we a have fucked up yeah, system we, we and it, and racism pervades all of our systems and institutions yes. and has forever and that was by design yeah so if we don't have politicians who are going to push mm-hmm. and say we we need to have you know the status quo ain't working mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, which um, for some, but not everybody. Yeah. Well, no, mostly for not everybody. Right, right, right. <sighs> anyway, yeah, dang. no, that's it. Uh, well, all right. So here's here's what uh, we're gonna end the show now, and then what we're gonna do is we're gonna hop on over to Kimberly's after party, and we're gonna continue right. the conversation. So uh, why don't you tell everybody, you know, where they can find you? <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Look, I'm like, oh, I don't even care. No, I totally care. <laughs> um, so, uh, I, I love Twitter. <laughs> I've got, I've got two Twitters. One is Steph D Walton and the other one is Steph for Oakland. I'll take either. I love interacting. <laughs> I love the Twitter people. I love your Twitter feed. Um, I love, you know, just doing this with you. Cause it makes me feel like we're, we're talking about it. We're having the conversation yeah. and, and we're committed. Yes. And so, uh, yeah, that's it, man. Awesome. Well, of course, you can find me on Twitter at author Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. And you can find my books on Amazon under Kimberly Johnson. You know, I do. It's Christmas time and books are a great gift. I have, a, of course, I have books that are about teenage sex. <laughs> mm-hmm. Although is I that have, a thing? <laughs> it's a <laughs> thing. Um, but you know, there's Peyton's Choice, which is also about teen abortion, and then there's The Virgin Diaries, and those are the two most popular books. So that's just what I'm gonna read them both. Uh, and then all, and then of course, don't forget, um, my mother wrote The Melt. And it's Ann Werner, A N N W E R N E R. So she wrote this book called The Melt. She started writing it in December of 2016, and it's a book about 
of a global pandemic <laughs> caused mm-hmm. by it's great. yeah and caused by climate change. So, and I can see where people would say why would I want to read a book about a global pandemic right now? It's not like COVID. It's a completely different. It actually obliterated most of humanity and then they they have to start over. And so it's kind of more and there's a lot of social commentary. So anyway, it's called The Melt by Ann Werner. Check out our books on Amazon. Thank you for being on the show, Steph. Don't forget, stay here. And then uh, we will see you over at Kimberly's After Party. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye.